Welcome to the Campus Rush Podcast. We believe that God will speak through this word and meet you right at the point of your need. We hope that God will bless you through this message. I'm preaching just for a few minutes. I'll be out of your way really soon, but I'm so pumped to be here tonight. So good to see all of you. If you're here for the first time, my name is Pastor Kofi. I get the privilege of pastoring the best church in the world. And let me tell you something. We're just about to start getting bigger. This right here is just the beginning. We're about to expand. I'm telling you, by the end of the year, we won't even have space to fit all the people that will be coming to church here. We are getting better. We are going higher. And this is going to be the best place. In fact, scratch that. It is the best place to be. There is no better place on a Thursday night to be than right here at Campus Rush. And I'm so pumped to be here. We're going to Montreal. We're in Ryerson. We're in U of T. We're branching out all over the place. And God's name is going to be glorified. If you believe this, I believe it. One thing I love about construction is this phase, the foundation phase. When you talk about construction, you know, you talk about the foundation. And I've come to know this, that the deeper the foundation, the taller the building. If you want a tall structure, it must have a deep foundation. So if your foundation is not founded upon something that is solid, then whatever you want to grow on it will fall. Whatever you want to build on it won't last. So as we're preparing ourselves for whatever God has for us in this year of 2018, it's imperative to start this year off with making sure that whatever we are built on is something that lasts and something that stands. Everybody is built upon something, core values, People are built upon different ideologies. Uh, I, I, why don't you ask your neighbor, say, what are you built on? Ask them. No, demand an answer. Get an answer for them. Say, what are you built on? What are you built on? Some of y'all built on TV shows, built on fantasies, built on, you know, what are you built on? You know, you got to know what you're built on. Uh, if I can take it further to say this, that not only are we building and in the process of building. We just saw so many people came here to develop great businesses and to start businesses. They're about to start the building phase, the foundational phases of their business. Not only are they building, but you also have to make sure that you yourself are being built. So we are in twofold as human beings. We are constantly building things and we are also being built ourselves. Now, if you look at this, you'll begin to see this in, in Psalms 18 verses 2. We're going to turn there real quick. Psalms 18, verses 2, you'll begin to see this in the scripture. Can you read this with me? It's such a great psalm. Let's read it together. One, two, three, go. Okay, we're not in harmony, so let me do this again. One, two, three, go. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my savior. My God is my rock in whom I find protection. He is my the power that, my God, I love this. Let's read the last one. And my place of, our place of safety is found in Jesus. Let me tell you that anything that is not built upon the foundation of Jesus Christ will not stand. Anything that is not built upon it, just look at it. Look at so many systems that we have in the world, so many different uh, ideologies, so many ways of thinking. You know, I'm in my master's and there's so many different ideologies. Like, I thought that university in, in, you know, at Carleton, you know, you would learn different things that will throw you off. I didn't know I found my match when I came to do my master's. 
I mean, there are so many different ideologies out there, so many different belief systems that if you don't know who you believe in, you will just be a Christian coming to church for just church attendance sake. But you won't allow the word to actually get into you because you would have built a wall of theologies and of all these dogmas that you've created in your mind already. Now I come to realize that if I didn't make sure that as I'm studying, as I'm in school, as I'm doing whatever, that my foundation is not the rock of Jehovah, everything that I'm building in life will be faulty. Haven't you realized that when you start your day without the word, without prayer, it doesn't go as, as what, you, what you planned it to be? Oh, come on, talk to me. Am, am I alone here today? When you don't start your day off at least with a worship song, something is just not right. You just know something today, something is just off because our day is supposed to be founded upon the solid rock because this word says that not only is the Lord our rock and our fortress, he's our savior. It says, my God is my rock in whom I find protection. It says, he is my shield, the power that saves me. So we are safe when we're with God. It says this, it says it's our place of safety, which means that when you have all these things in life that are not going your way, the only place of safety is in Jesus. Now you might think this is foundational, but you'll be shocked at how much we build our lives and we don't pay attention to the foundation. That's why you can have an old building that will be there forever and all of a sudden it collapses. Why? Because they didn't spend time building the foundation properly. They didn't spend time servicing the foundation that they built so much on top of it that they didn't realize that what they wanted to build on it can't hold for the foundation that was created originally. If you don't pay attention to the basics, to the foundations of your faith, whatever you want to build upon it will fall. Do you believe that tonight? So I believe tonight that we are going to go back to the place of our foundation. Back to the place of looking at what has brought us to where we are right now. Because if you don't go back to service what brought you there, when you get there, you'll be lost. When you get there, you won't be able to stand on where God wants you to be. And then speaking of foundations, one of my favorite times growing up, if I can remember, was in JK. Anybody remember JK? Some people was like, it's way too far. I can't remember. I have one hand in the back. One sister says, I remember JK. For those who don't know what it is, junior kindergarten, primary school, or, or nursery school, some people would call it. In JK, you know, I, I loved story time. Anybody love story time? Anybody love story time? I think that's why I'm a preacher, because preaching is almost like telling stories. You tell stories of what happened to Jesus. You tell stories about, about faith and I love story time uh, uh, in JK. My teacher would sit down with me, and uh, she would sit down with the whole class, and she knew I loved stories. I just remember her. Uh, she was just amazing. Her name was Mrs. K. And she would sit down on her rocking chair, and she would take out so many books, and she began to read these books to me. And I had such a, a, just a crazy creativity that everything she said is like I could imagine it in my mind. So she would sit down, and she would read these stories, and stories of Cinderella, and, and, and stories of Beauty and the Beast, and... And stories, so many different stories of you know, the boy who cried wolf. And I love this one, my personal favorite, the three little pigs. Anybody know that one? You know that one? Anybody, come on, let me see my raise hand. You remember, anybody remember the three little pigs? You know, you know what the story is? I did some research when I was preparing for this story. Uh, the story was essentially a, a, a mom, you know, she had three little pigs and she said, you know what, I can't fend for you anymore. Go out and create a life of your own. Basically saying, you know what? You're of age. Go out. I'm kicking you out of the house. Get out. We don't want you here anymore. And so these three little pigs say, okay, you know what? If my mom is kicking me out of the house, I'm going to find a place where I can build. 
And so you have these three pigs. The first one goes, he leaves the house, and he finds over here some sticks. And he begins to build his house on sticks. Now, the story also goes to say that as he's building, this wolf comes out of nowhere. And the wolf says, you know what, I sniff these pigs out from anywhere. I sniff, I sniff some pigs. And then, you know, it's, I love this about this story. Just bear with me. Come on, I just love story time. Uh, and so I'm going to bring you into my class right now. I'm going to share this story with you. So you have this wolf coming, and this pig, the first pig, builds his house out of sticks. And then a wolf comes by, and the wolf says, you know what, I want to come in. And he said, no, I won't let you in by the hairs of my chinny-chin-chin. You remember the story? And he says, so I'm going to huff, and I'm going to puff, and I'm going to blow your house down. And then all of a sudden, what ends up happening is that the house just collapses and falls to the ground. And as he's about to take the pig, the pig runs to his brother's house. Runs to his brother's house, and this brother was kind of working hard, but not kind of working hard at the same time, kind of like lukewarm, you know what I'm saying? Wasn't super bad, wasn't super good, was kind of, you know, in the middle, you know. And so he builds his house out of straw. As he's building his house out of straw, the, 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 the wolf, now his appetite is just, just, just watering. He says, you know, first it was one pig and now it's two pigs. Oh my God, I'm about to feast today. He goes and he says, little pigs, little pigs, uh, let me in. And they say, not by the hairs of our chinny chin chin. So he said, I'm going to huff and I'm going to puff and I'm going to blow your house down. And boom, the house comes down. And as he's blowing these, these houses down, the two pigs say, I'm going to run to my big brother's house. He was smart with his time. He was smart with his money too. And so I'm going to go to his house. And so they go to his older brother's house. And when they get there, his older brother decided to build his house from bricks. And this, this, the wolf comes and the wolf says, oh my gosh, first it was one pig and it was two pigs. But now it is three pigs. He said, oh, I'm going to feast today. So he says, little pig, little pigs. Let me in and they say, not by the hairs of our chinny chin chin. And so they said, so I'm going to huff and I'm going to puff and I'm going to blow this house down. So he intends to blow this house down. He starts to blow it once. He blows it twice, but then he can't blow it. The house won't come down. And I found this in the scripture. There's a, there's a verse in the scripture that actually beautifully talks about this story. Let's go to Matthew 7, 24 to 27. And I'm going to show you exactly what happens built on your foundations. You ready for me tonight? Let's go to Matthew 7. Let's start with um, verses 26 and 27. And I'm going to show you what faulty foundations look like, okay? It says this. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish, like a person who builds a house on sand. When the rains and the floods come and the winds beat against the house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. That's what happened to the sticks. That's what happened to the straws. Let's go to the top of it. Let's go back to verses 24 real quick. It says, anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise, like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Okay? Solid rock. And it goes on to say this, and I love this. I want you to read verses 25 with me. Here we go. One, two, three, go. It says, through the rain comes in, or though the rain comes in torrents, and the floodwaters rise, and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it is built on bedrock. Read that with me more in time. Okay, let's read it. One, two, three, go. Do you know that's a prophecy for you? Do you know that's a prophetic word for you? 
know what that means? That means that if you look at the Bible in John 10, 10, the Bible says that the enemy is like a roaring lion. He goes around seeking whom he may devour, just like the wolf went around looking for the pigs. And so if you look at this scripture, you'll find that the, God, God is saying in the scripture that although you look at all these things that were built on sturdy ground, once you get to the solid rock, the foundation, it says not winds, not waters, not demons, not professors, not bosses. Nobody can knock down what you've built upon the foundation of the solid rock that is Jesus. If your foundation is built upon Jesus, no demon, no wizard, nobody in hell can bring down your house. I don't care if they puff 10 times. I don't care if they blow 100 times. It doesn't matter what happens. Your house can't come down because you're built upon the foundation of Jesus. And so do you now understand why you have no choice but to build your foundation on the word? Build your foundation on worship. Build your foundation on prayer. Because if you don't, you'll be like somebody who their house has been knocked down, but you're trying to just stand up to say that, no, it's still up. It, it hasn't fallen down. It's still up. If you don't build your foundation on Jesus, once the things, the blessings, the miracles, everything comes and compounds and builds upon it, you won't be able to sustain the blessings of Jesus because it's all built upon the solid rock. That's why you have people who are placed in positions with titles, but yet they don't have the grace for the position. <sighs> Should I stop? I don't feel people are getting this tonight. You get the position, but you don't have the grace for the position because you went chasing after what the fruit can produce. You didn't focus on the foundation of the building. In this process, in this period of your life, God is saying, can you just build the foundations? Build the foundations and don't build it on sand because if you build it on sand, if you build it with straw, if you build it with sticks, it will fall. But if you build it on the solid rock, if you build it with intercession, if you build it with prayer, if you build it with the word, if you build it with everything you have, no weapon of the enemy can blow down what I've built because with Jesus, all things are. Well, that'd be a good place to give God a praise right there. With God, all things are possible. Now, I hear this in the realm of the spirit, Sally. I hear this. All right, pastor, you did this cute little presentation and you wove us into this word. Now, if I'm built and I'm protected by this, this rock, this solid rock, this house that cannot be broken, this house that is set on a hill that cannot be hidden, if I'm built upon this foundation of the solid rock, how can the enemy still come, come into my house? Why do I still have bad days? Oh, can we be real in this place tonight? Why do I still have times of temptation? Why, why do I see the booty call and even though I don't want to reply, I kind of do. Oh, come on, it's about to get hot in here. How, how, how come, what, what, what happens to the compromise? How come I'm still built upon the solid rock? Man, I know every worship song. I go to church. I know Jesus. This foundation thing you're preaching, I've been known this thing. Okay, well, if you know it, why are you struggling? Oh, I don't need to respond to this. You know what? I'll just, I think I'll just listen to the sermon next week because this one is, is for someone else. No, it's totally for you because this is why it's for you. Because people who believe that they have such a deep relationship with God, they neglect the foundation. I don't need to pray today. I'm a pastor. Are you crazy? I don't need to read my word. I'm a leader. 
I, I, I don't need I don't need I don't need to do anything I'm already anointed I have the oil on me do you think I don't need to I don't need I don't need what you need is to focus on the foundations of the word foundations of faith the foundations of your walk with God because whatever is not built upon the solid rock will not stand if it's not built upon Jesus, it will not stand. Please be seated. And see, that's why people say, well, 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 pastor, if I'm built in this house, why does the enemy still come in? You know why? Because you give him access. You give him access. You know why? Because there was a crack in the temple. But the Bible says that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. There was a crack in the temple. There was a breach in the temple. And so because there was a breach in the temple, even though you're in the temple, the enemy has access inside there because the Bible says that, oh my God, oh my God, I feel this word tonight. The Bible would send, say this, Job, the enemy has asked of you. <laughs> Peter, the enemy has asked that he may sift you as wheat, but I'm praying for you. Oh my God. God is still watching after you as long as your foundation is a solid rock. Nothing can by any means harm you because not only are you built on the solid rock of faith but you have power you have authority you have anointing you have grace so what we need to do is patch up the holes that allow the enemy to come in now let me tell you that in every house comes tools in every building there's tools now you know the tools to make sure that you're you're founded upon or built upon the solid rock is three things. Let me give you the first one: submission. Submission. Say it after me. Say submission. You know why it's so quiet when I say submission? Because submission means this very simply: not my will, but let yours be done. Do you know? Do you know what that that means? Not my will, Lord, but let yours be done. It means God. I crucify my will and I allow you to breathe through the dead corpse that is me it's to say that I am nothing not only God I'm nothing I surrender all I'll give you everything no but it's to say this that I my will my thoughts my intentions my plans everything I have in my life I lay it at your feet and I take up what you want to do in my life what does that do that always keeps you grounded to God submission number one Number two, brokenness. Brokenness is a very serious thing. Brokenness is our ability to say this, God, God, I, I, I carry my cross. I carry everything that is me. It's almost on the same line as submission. It says, God, I, 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 I let everything that I have go and I just pick up your will from my life. Brokenness, number two. I'll actually give you four. Number three, transparency. Those are the things that allow you to be rooted. You know what transparency is? Transparency is saying this, that God, I'm struggling, but I'm still in your house. I'm still at the solid rock. I'm still, I still want to be, I still want to be built upon your solid rock because I know that if I go anywhere else, I'm like a fish out of water. I'll die. But I know that in your presence, I have everything I need. So I build my life upon the solid rock of God. The last one I give you is dependency. When you're dependent on Jesus always, what happens is that you begin to always be built 
upon everything. You always need to depend on him for everything. Everything you want to do, you depend on him. So what does that mean? That means that it doesn't matter how high the story building is, you always remember that there's a foundation that brought you there. No matter how high you raise, it doesn't matter how high God takes me personally. It doesn't matter how high God takes this ministry personally. There, there will be always values that will never leave us. And that is the value of prayer. The value of worship. It doesn't matter if 10,000 people come here next week. It doesn't matter. It won't change the fact that we've all gathered to worship Jesus. See, that's the dependency that makes the difference. Because you can look at somebody and you won't understand why God is lifting up that person. It's because that person understands that it doesn't matter that God has made him such a tall skyscraper in the sky. They always remember that there's a deeper foundation underneath that nobody sees. Because get this, watch this, the foundation, people can't see the foundation. People don't see the foundation because the foundation is underground. You can look at a building and not know the foundation. You can look at somebody and write them off, but you don't know their prayer life. You don't know their worship life. You don't know their story. You're writing them off and you're saying, oh, this person, he just got there. He, he's here because his dad's a pastor. Are you? If you only knew the foundation, if you only knew the toil, if you only knew the struggle, if you only knew the battle, then you would understand that what you're looking at is a product of grace. That what you're looking at is not somebody who has ascribed a position, but you're looking at somebody who sought God for an opportunity to be used because this wasn't meant to be me. It was meant to be somebody else, but because somebody messed up, God was warming me up. Tap two people say, I'm under construction. Say it again. Say, I'm under construction. You know, a man who was so built, prof, a man who was so built and, and so one, a man who, who was dependent on Jesus, a man who was dependent on the word, a man who was submitted to God. You know, a man like that is the man in the Bible by the name of Elijah. You have David, you have Peter, you have Paul, you have all these guys, you have Moses, you have all these Noah, you have Job. But one, one of my personal favorites is this man in the Bible by the name of Elijah. Say Elijah after me, Elijah. I love Elijah in the Bible. And Elijah knew God. I mean, he knew God so much so that he would call down fire from heaven and fire would come and consume a sacrifice. He knew God so much that he would stand up and command the rain to stop or the rain to start. He knew God so much that he could control the weather. I'm not talking about something that just happened in the story. I'm talking about something that somebody that walked the face of this earth had the ability to just control things, had such a deep relationship with God that he could stop things when he wanted, he could do things when he wanted. He had such a dependent relationship with Jesus. He knew God personally. He was constantly, this is the thing about Elijah, that Elijah was constantly building but he never allowed himself to be built. You know, you can be so busy in church, but never allow the effects of church to enter into you. Oh my God. He was so focused on building that he didn't allow transformation to happen to him. Now, you might have started that way, 
But then because there's so much to do in ministry, there's so much to do in life, there's so much to do in school, you begin to neglect the foundation that is, listen, the person that brought you to this point needs the attention for you to go higher. Elijah forgot that. He also needed to be built. And so that's why we find him in 1 Kings 19, verses 9 to 10. Let's go to our last scripture for tonight. 1 Kings 19, 9 to 10. You find this in the scripture that Elijah is running for his life because he called on fire. And the wife of the king said, you know what, I'm going to kill you. And his name, her name was, was Jezebel. She said, I'm going to kill you because of what you've done to all the prophets of Baal. You killed all the prophets of Baal, so I am going to kill you. So Elijah runs, you know the story, an angel comes and says, eat for your journey is long, and all of that happens. And then this scripture picks up and says this, there he came to a cave where he spent the night. I wanna tell you something. Elijah, anointed of God, appointed of God, this guy knew God in a supernatural way. He knew, he knew God personally. And then the word of God would say this, that even though he knew God, there was a time where he ran to the cave. Now, I was talking to some of the young men in this church earlier this week, and I said, can you imagine somebody who was so used of God can be depressed? And if you, if you read this scripture further down, it says this in verse 10, I have zealously served the Lord God Almighty. You see that word? He's been building. See? But the people of Israel have broken their covenant with you, turned down their altars, and killed every one of your prophets. I am the only one left, and now they're trying to kill me. If you go on in verses 11, but it says this, Go out and stand before me on the mountain, the Lord told him. As Elijah stood there, you know, the scripture will go on and on. But there's something that I'm picking from earlier on in that scripture, and it's this, this, this point right here, very simply. It says that although Elijah found himself in a cave, God came to Elijah in the cave and God said this, Elijah, what are you doing here? You know why God said that? Because God realized that, listen, you've been building for me, but you haven't allowed me to build you. What does that also mean? That means that in ministry there'll be times where you do want to give up, even though you know that you are by the solid rock. Even though you know that you're built upon the solid rock, even though you know you have a relationship with Jesus, there are going to be times in your life where still you're battling. Where still you're contemplating. Where still you're considering. But then God says this, even though you'll have cave moments, Elijah, I'm still not done with you. Tap one person, see, God is not finished with you yet. The reason why... Man, you're me. The reason why God comes to Elijah in the cave is because he understood this very notion. That even though you'll have broken moments, it doesn't make you a broken person. Even though you'll have moments of giving up on life, it doesn't mean that God has given up on you. Elijah understood this so beautifully and so did God. And so don't, don't beat yourself up if you don't look like what you want today. You're under construction. God is building you. God is building the very being of you. Not only are you building, but God is building you. And so allow that process of building to happen. 
as long as your life is built upon the solid rock know this if you got, if you got nothing for what I said today know that the master is working on you let's be up on our feet tonight Know that the master is working on you. I remember when I started this ministry and I looked at myself and I told myself, I don't think I have what it takes to do this thing. I don't think I have what it takes. I don't think I'm qualified enough. I don't think um, I, I'm not... I'm not a preacher. I'm a, I can communicate, but I'm not a preacher. I, I don't know how to wait on God. I don't know how to pray. I'm not a, much of a prayer guy. Like, how am I going to do this? I started this ministry, and I started doing it, and, and we started building, and we started building, and we started building, and then I got to a point where I said, God, I'm building your work, but God, I feel like I'm not being built myself, and God checked me. He said, can you check your foundation because you moved from where I put you? As long as you find yourself built upon that rock, Deji, the master will always be working on you because he knows where he's placed you. And so the moment you leave where he's placed you, he goes and he says, listen, I thought I placed you here, even though it doesn't look like it's complete because even the painter, when they were painting, the painting to you may not look like it's completed. <laughs> but to the painter, to the artist, it may be completed or it may be very close to completion. So you may look at yourself right now and beat yourself up because you're saying, I don't think I'm where I'm supposed to be in life. I don't think I'm at the level where I'm supposed to be in life right now. I don't think that I'm achieving what I'm supposed to achieve. I feel like I'm four years behind. I feel like I'm two years behind in life right now. Like I feel, I don't know who's this word is for tonight, but I feel like I'm two years behind. I feel like I'm, I'm delayed in where I'm supposed to be in life. And God is saying this, this is the word to this church tonight, that God has you where he needs you and he's working on you give him time to work on you he's working on you you're under construction you're on the wheel God is working on you he's fixing you he's placing you and in the process of God working on you things will happen as he's working on you friends will leave you but it's all part of the plan people will walk out on you but it's all part of the plan you'll fail that class but it's a part of the plan that guy will leave you it's a part of the plan you'll have to break up it's a part of the plan everything that happens in your life is a part of the plan because you are under construction he's working on you He's building on, he's, he's working, he's building, he's fashioning these things. And so I looked at myself, I said, God, I find myself at a hard place. God, I'm being used of you. And at this thing, you want me to start this ministry. And I don't know how I'm going to do this work, God, but I find myself in this cave experience. I find myself running and saying, God, I'm running from the very thing. The very thing that I'm supposed to do, I'm running from it. But I know that you've called me. I know that you've placed your hand on me. I know that your anointing is upon my life. But I'm running from this very thing that I'm supposed to confront. And I found myself in this cave experience. And I just came here as a messenger of Jehovah God to speak this word to you as though you're in the cave as Elijah was to say, what are you doing in this cave? God has a purpose for you. He has a plan for you. He's working on you. Give him time to work on you by the wheel. So tonight, I have a simple, a simple suggestion. 
a simple word for you tonight to tell you that God is working on you and he wants to change you if you allow him to. Why don't you stretch your hands to heaven right now? You see, let me teach you. When you lift up your hands, it's not because the preacher is just saying so. Lifting up your hands is a sign of surrender. So when we lift up our hands, we're saying, not my will, but let your will be done. That's one of the tools we use to make sure that we're always built upon the solid rock. So why don't we lift our hands as high as we can go tonight. And, and this is what we're going to do. We're going to surrender to God and say, God, I know that my life may not be where it's supposed to be. I feel like it's not supposed to be, but I believe your word from your man of God tonight that as you've placed me where you wanted me, I'm right where I have to be and you are building me upon your solid rock tonight. And so I'm asking God that you continue to work on me and reveal your plans to me so I know that I'm supposed to be where I am right now in this moment. Can you just lift your hands and begin to pray to God and say, God, reveal to me where I am. Reveal to me what you're doing with me. Show me what is happening right now. Show me God. Show me, show me, reveal to me, reveal to me. I may be in that cave right now, God. Reveal to me that you still know me, that you still think about me. Even though I want to give up, you're not giving up on me. Reveal to me, God. Come on, lift up those, those hands and lift up that voice right now. Begin to pray up to God and say, God, God, whatever you're doing, oh God, in this room, I want to be a part of it. Come on, lift up your voice right now. God, we look to you right now in this moment, oh God. We look to you right now in the moment, God. We say, Jesus. We find ourselves in the cave right now, oh God. We find ourselves in this cave right now, God. Do you still know us? Do you still know us, oh God? Father God, we're here and we know that your word is comforting us right now. God, we speak to you as you speak to us in this moment. We speak to you right now. I want to pray for some people here tonight. I feel such a strong presence of God here. I want to pray for two groups of people. I'll start with the first. You may feel like you're not where you're supposed to be in life and you just need a word. You need a, a point of contact tonight. You're saying, Pastor, somehow this word was for me tonight. And I feel, I, I, I feel people tell me, I feel myself that I'm not supposed to be where I am or I'm not positioned where I am, but I need, the, I need to know that you've positioned me where you have because you're working on me. And I need some prayer tonight. If you're such a person, come. I want you to meet me in the front. I just want to pray with you tonight. I just want to pray with you. I don't know who you are. I don't know. It may be one person, two people, eight people, a hundred people. He's saying, I just need to know that you've positioned me where you are. That's all. I, I just, listen, you don't have to have it all together. Like, it's not, it's not about having it together. Like, this church thing is not... It's not a movie, it's not a drama, it's life, it's real, like, it's real. Thank you for tuning in to the Campus Rush Podcast. If you enjoyed this message and want to partner with us, visit us at www.campusrush.org to become a global partner or to partner with us in giving.